0: that it 's impossible to defend yourself and to defend God at the same time well that 's what we 're learning as we travel the pages of job on through the bible i 'm Steve Schwetz, welcoming you to another great adventure in god 's Word today. Dr. J Vernon McGee begins at Job chapter sixteen, where Job is preparing his defense against his friend 's accusations. Before we dive in, let's take a minute to check in with Through the Bible's president, Greg Harris. Greg, every time you come in, I know we've got something exciting to talk about. I love these conversations. What do you got?
1: Thank you. Well, what we've got is something called home groups. And you and I had the privilege of traveling to South Asia, meeting some of the home group coordinators, uh, watching home groups at work. Why don't you just describe what is a what is a Through the Bible home group?
0: Through the Bible home group is a group that is led by a leader who has... Trained trained leader who has access to a Typically it's a speaker box. It's mm-hmm. a small box and it's got an SD card in it and it has specific teachings. And then it's a group of local people that live close by that want to be a part of this group. They've got their Bibles open. They're listening to the teaching of Dr. McGee. It typically goes for our experience has been, you know, one to three minutes of teaching and then they stop and then they talk about yeah. that portion of scripture. And then the instructor or the, uh, the leader leads them through a discussion.
1: Yeah. And that, that may sound fairly vanilla. Like you yeah. might say, well, I have home, I have home groups in my church, but these home groups—think of them as just bright lights in very dark places—and a lot of the impact is in, among the non-Christian yeah. community. Yeah,
0: particularly in Bangladesh, one third of those yeah. people attending were not Christians.
1: That blew us away. Yeah, and remember, we we were having all these celebrations, and there were these uh, lovely young people that were serving yeah. us, and they said some of these are Hindus. Yeah, and we said, well, why are they here? And they said they just love being around. The, the the Christians and yeah. they will come to faith in Christ. Yeah, so that's the power of a home group. Now, uh, we we are we have not been you and I to Sri Lanka to see this, but we now have home groups in the language of Tamil and Sinhala, which are languages spoken on the island of Sri Lanka.
0: Okay, so here and we're already getting feedback. Yeah, we're getting great letters, feedback. which I yeah. love to hear. Yeah. Here's from a Sinhala listener. In Sri Lanka, actually a a, a small group participant. Thank you for the systematic teaching. I am a teenager and it is very understandable to me. My family is Buddhist. There you go. It's all right there. My family is Buddhist, but I am very eager to learn about Jesus. I appreciate you following up with me.
1: Yeah. Powerful, powerful. Now, here's from a church uh leader, I am very grateful for the Bibles that we receive for our church. So not only is our team giving out the through the Bible, it's also giving Bibles out. Because we live in a time where it is very difficult for us to buy them. Mm. We even didn't have a way to give a Bible to the new believers who come to our church after receiving the gospel. Now we are able to bless many people who come to our church for the first time. We even distributed them in our Bible study groups where there were people new to the faith. This was a great blessing to the whole church. Thank you very much for the deed you have done. God bless you.
0: Mm -mm. And here's another one. This is from a church in Ragma. I appreciate your ministry very much. Giving Bibles to those who are poor and cannot afford to buy a Bible for themselves is really a wonderful ministry. We at our church have more than 500 believers, and our church is situated in a rural area. It is very hard to find transportation going to this area, and we have very limited facilities. However by faith we keep on running the church there are many poor people in the church who can't buy a Bible but the Bible that you have given free of charge is just amazing it's a wonderful thing to witness because now they bring their own Bibles to the church and they open them during the sermons They even know their way around the pages. Thank you very much. This is the gospel that you are sharing, and that is an amazing, wonderful work of Jesus Christ. We are praying for your ministry to be prosperous and be the salt and light in this world. Thank you with all my heart.
1: And Steve, all these churches are also giving out through the Bible as well as the Bibles.
0: Yeah, such an encouragement. Greg, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I pray for the ministry in Sri Lanka, for the home groups. Pray that you would continue to build them, that you would continue to be calling people from other faiths so that they might understand who Jesus Christ is and the offer of salvation found only in him. Pray that you'd continue to bless the program as it goes out. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, here's Dr. J. Vernon McGee with our study in Job 16 on Through the Bible.
2: Now, friends, we're listening to Job here answer Eliphaz for the second time. Eliphaz has come back, and what you have here is very much like a debate. You hear one side and another side. Now, actually, it should not have been that, because these men should have been comforters of Job. Instead of being comforters, they are debaters. They are attempting to beat him down. They're attempting to gain an intellectual victory over him. And believe me, they're not getting very far with that. I do not think that they got a victory over him. My feeling is that it was a standoff. When they go through now the second time, it's a standoff. And then a young man that's standing there, he picks up the argument And very candidly, I do not think that he goes as far as some folks seem to think that he does. Because finally, God will break in on the scene. And that was, of course, what Job needed, what Job wanted. And now we find this man, Eliphaz, has just played the same old record over again, as we saw. He's a dreamer. He's had a vision. He's a... Spiritualists, by the way, he's one that's got a little inside information. No one else has, but he didn't get any advance information after his first speech. He just comes up with the same old thing. And in chapter 16 now, Job answers him, and I'm reading now at verse 1. Then Job answered and said, I have heard many such things. Miserable comforters are ye all. Job is saying to them, you haven't said anything new to me. And this last speech certainly wasn't new. You haven't said anything that I haven't heard already. And you're miserable comforters. Now, these were friends of Job, and I'm confident they were his friends. But they ended up by being debaters. And what you have is just each man having a rebuttal now. And Job has his rebuttal each time to each man. Now, he goes on, verse 3, he says, "...shall vain words have an end, or what emboldeth thee that thou answerest?" In other words, Job is saying, I thought you'd be ashamed to have said what you've just said. And their vain words, that is, they're empty words. They do not meet the need. A great many sermons are like that. Unless the Spirit of God uses them, I don't care even how Bible-centered they are, unless God can use them, unless the Spirit of God is using them, it'll come to naught. It'll be a vain, empty thing. But there's a lot of preaching that's nothing in the world. And there's a lot of singing. There are a lot of services today that are absolutely meaningless as far as any worship of God or expounding of the Word of God is concerned. And it all doesn't rest really upon the preacher. Sometimes the congregation, the listeners can be responsible for the breakdown that takes place. But the interesting thing here is, this man isn't even talking into the situation of Job at all. Now, Job continues. He says, I also could speak as you do. In other words, Job said, I could have given your little speech if your soul were in my soul's stead. Job said, maybe I could have said the same thing. I could heap up words against you and shake mine head at you. Now, this is a tremendous thing. You know, that is the thing that Paul said to believers, was this, uh, in order to counteract this type of thing. He says, Brethren, if a man, a Christian man, be overtaken in a fault, ye that are spiritual, Restore such a one. Don't go and debate with him. Don't go and preach at him. Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. In other words, come to him from below. The picture that we have of foot washing is the picture. Our Lord washed the feet of those that was on here. He's doing that today. When you and I confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, he still washes his feet, and he set us an example. If you're going to wash somebody's feet, you can't come from the top and look down at them and point your finger and begin to preach at them. You have to come up to them, and you come up to them in the place of a servant. And as a result, why, it's a little different than arguing with them. It's too bad these friends didn't come that way to Job, but they didn't. They're preaching at him. And he notices that. He said, why, if I was in your place, I could do what you were doing. I could shake my head at you and I could heap up words against you. But listen to what he says now in verse 5. But I would strengthen you with my mouth, and the moving my lips would assuage your grief. He said, I could do what you are doing, but I would. I'd want to strengthen you. I'd want to comfort you. I'd want to really wash your feet. That would be the thing, if we would bring it up to date, that they should have done. Now he says, "...though I speak, my grief is not assuaged, and though I forbear, what am I eased? In other words, you haven't helped me at all. "...but now he hath made me weary, thou hast made desolate all my company." In other words, you've wasted my time. You haven't helped me. You've attempted to beat me down." And listen to what he says in verse 8. And thou hast filled me with wrinkles. That's the best I've ever heard. You've made an old man out of me. You've just filled me with wrinkles, which is a witness against me. And my leanness rising up in me beareth witness to my face. He tireth me in his wrath, who hateth me. He gnasheth upon me with his teeth. Mine enemies sharpen his eyes upon me. They have gaped upon me with their mouth. Now, these men are supposed to have been friends, but they treat him like an enemy. They have smitten me upon the cheek reproachfully. They have gathered themselves together against me. God hath delivered me to the ungodly. These men are the same as the ungodly. And do you know today that Christians can be meaner to you than an unsaved person Can, at times, there's nothing meaner than a Christian when he's mean. And there's some of them that are mean, by the way. So Job just classifies his friends as ungodly. And very frankly, I don't think you could classify them at all. They think they're defending God. He says, I was at ease, but he hath broken me asunder. He hath also taken me by my neck and shaken me to pieces and set me up for his mark. God has done this to me. He's permitted this to happen to me. Have you ever seen a dog pick up a rabbit or an animal by the nap of the neck and shake it? I've seen that many a time as a boy when I'd go hunting when the dog would catch a rabbit. My, he'd shake him, start grabbing him by the neck. And Job apparently had seen that. Job says, God, has just let that happen to me like that. He's shaken me. And he does that sometimes, friends. He says his archer's compass me round about. He cleaveth my reins asunder and doth not spare. He poureth out my gall upon the ground. Now, gall is bitter. And that's what he's saying. All my bitterness is just poured out of me. He breaketh me with breach upon breach. He runneth upon me like a giant. He says that he's just been walking up and down upon me. He's made me a door map, as it were. You couldn't have anything more vivid than this here. The language of the book of Job is something that great men of the past, especially writers of the past, novelists and poets and essayists, have read the book of Job again and again. Its language is superb. And I would recommend it to many of you today that it would become a part of you. Just read again and again the book of Job. The beauty of the language here is wonderful. Now, he says, I have sowed, I'm reading verse 15, sackcloth upon my skin and defile my horn in the dust. My face is foul with weeping and on my eyelids is the shadow of death. Have you noticed how close Job was to death? He wished for it and yet avoided it and yet stood right on the threshold of death. During all of this time, I think he felt at any moment that he might die of what had taken hold of him, what had happened to him. He's a sick man and a very sick man. Now, will you listen to it? He says, not for any injustice in mine hands. Also, my prayer is pure. Now, it's beginning to come out the thing that is in the heart and life of Job, that needed to be dealt with. And I think probably I should suggest it again. I've suggested it before. You see, these friends have not been leading him to a place where he would judge himself. They actually ministered to a spirit of self-vindication. They put him on the defense. And the minute that he defended himself, he had to put God at a disadvantage. You know, you can't, defend yourself, and at the same time, defend God. That's impossible to do. So many people think that if they justify themselves, that's all they need do. Well, Job justified himself instead of justifying God. And they condemned Job instead of leading him to condemn himself. That is the approach they should have made to him. And you know that The minute you begin to defend yourself, you get in the position which John very candidly says, if we say that we are without sins, we make God a liar. And that's what you do. You put God, you see, in the place of being blamed. You take him off of the position of being the judge, and you put him down as the one that is charged, the guilty one, the criminal, the one that you're bringing a charge against. And there's so many people sit in judgment on God. And that's what Job actually is doing. And he's justifying himself here, you see. Why he says, not for any injustice in mine hands. And the minute he said that, he's saying, God's wrong in letting this happen to me. And he says, my prayer's pure. And my, how I've heard that too, also coming from Christians. I doubt whether any of us pray a pure prayer prayer. And that's the reason I always tell the Lord, I'm asking this in Jesus' name, because I don't think Vernon McGee would get through, my friend. I don't know about you. Job thought he would get through. Now listen to him as he cries out here. And this is spectacular language. O earth, cover not thou my blood, and let my cry have no place. He says, if the blood of Abel cried out to God, well, certainly my blood ought to cry out to him. And he says, don't cover it up. And God won't cover any of it up. And he sees the blood of Christ too, friends, especially when you reject it. Then verse 19, he says, Also now, behold, my witness is in heaven, and my record is on high. Now, the Bible gives all the way through the teaching that God keeps a record of us. And there are those that Today, like to poo-poo that, they say, now imagine God up there sitting at a desk keeping books. Who said he was keeping books? God doesn't have to do it. If man can make a little machine today called a computer, and I want to say to you, those things frighten me because they're smarter than we are, and you can't talk back to them. I had trouble with a credit card organization because they had overcharged me. And I would just send in the amount that I owed. And I would say, check your record. And it would come back and they'd say that we're going to cancel your card. And it's the old computer talking to me. And the computer couldn't think its way through. But I want to say this. That computer had registered everything and apparently no human being was even near it because there was no brain connected with the answers they gave me. And I just wondered... Who in the world operates those machines? Well, anyway, may I say to you, if man can make a little machine like that, how do you think God does? (laughs) Do you think maybe he could make a machine to keep your record? And maybe he wouldn't have to sit down and write up a lot of things in books. And maybe he could get some helpers to run his computers. If man can make a computer, God can make a computer. And I think God can make a better computer. And I'm of the opinion that Everything you've ever said, everything you've ever done is recorded, my friend. And I don't care who you are, and I don't know about you, but I want to say to you, I don't want to see that record he's made of me. And I'm very happy that some of it's blotted out under the blood. (laughs) Oh, thank God for that. Now, will you notice? He says, my friends scorn me, but mine eye poureth out tears unto God. Verse 20. Now, that's the picture of Job as he sits there upon on that desolate dump, if you please, the city dump. You see him sitting there. Tears are streaming down his eyes. And his friends are standing around looking at him in scorn, as if he's a hypocrite, as if he's a liar. And they don't know him. And they don't know God. And they don't know themselves. And listen to him now as he cries out, Oh, that one might plead for a man with God as a man pleadeth for his neighbor. And I don't know about you, but I have an intercessor. I have an advocate. I have an attorney that represents me before God. And everything's been taken care of, friends. There's one that pleads for a man before God. There is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And he'd like to be your advocate if he isn't already. Now, in chapter 17, listen to him as he speaks here. This is Job now. He says, my breath is corrupt. He knew about halitosis, bad breath. And apparently, he couldn't get any of these mouthwashes in that day. But it means he's sick, friends. My breath is corrupt. My days are extinct. The graves are ready for me. He said, I've got one foot in the grave and the other in the banana peeling. I'm just ready to depart from this life. Are there not mockers with me? And doth not mine eye continue in their provocation? He says, here I am, ready to die. And there you are standing around mocking me. What a picture it is. These men who've come to comfort him, they're now debating with him and actually now condemning him. I tell you, you can be a hard-boiled Christian, friends, and not be very helpful to the poor sinners in this world today. Oh, their time for harsh words. God will be very harsh with Job, but God's going to comfort him. God's going to help him, and God's going to restore him. Oh, that you and I today might see that he is a God of judgment, but he's a God of mercy, and he's a God of grace. Now, listen to him here. He says, lay down now, put me in surety with thee. Who is he that will strike hands with me? He says, let's shake hands, at least shake hands with me. For thou hast hid their heart from understanding, therefore shalt thou not exalt them. He that speaketh flattery to his friends, even the eyes of his children shall fail. He says, I don't want to be flattered. I don't want to be buttered up. He had been in other days. And he goes on in this vein down to verse 13. He says, if I wait, the grave is mine house. I have made my bed in the darkness. Actually, Job felt that that dump heap outside the city was his deathbed. He never expected to leave that alive. He said, I've said to corruption, thou art my father. To the worm, thou art my mother and my sister. In other words, you're closer to me than those that brought me into the world because I'm now ready to return back to the dust. And where is now my hope? As for my hope, who shall see it? They shall go down to the bars of the pit when our rest together is in the dust. And he's speaking to that old body of his that is so weary. Now we come to the answer of Bildad, the Shuhite. And this will be his second discourse. And the very interesting thing is he really hasn't anything new to contribute at all This man, as you will recall, he was a traditionalist, and he has a lot of old sayings and proverbs that he strings along like he put beads, and he'll do that again here. But none of them throw light on this case. Now listen to him as he begins, and we'll begin there tomorrow. Then answered Bildad the Shuhite and said, How long will it be ere ye make an end of words? Mark. And afterwards, we will speak. In other words, he says, Job, if you would shut up, then we'll speak. And if you just start listening and quit talking, you've been talking when you should have been listening. And you have the feeling here that all of them could have refrained from talking and been listening, but they'd have to listen to the voice of God. And they are not prepared for that at this time And God is preparing Job to hear his voice. Now, he begins to put these little proverbs together one after another. Well, I won't go into that because our time is up today, but read this section, read the book of Job. It's unfamiliar, I know, to most of you. It's unfamiliar to most of us. I read this book less than any book in the Bible, and I rebuke myself for it. This book is worthy of more consideration than that. May the Lord richly bless you, my beloved.
0: Well, that's a great suggestion. Let's prepare for next week's studies by reading Job 18-28 through 28 ourselves. And to view or download our complete reading schedule so you can do that on a regular basis, visit ttb.org or call 1-800-65-BIBLE and we'll put a bookmark with it in the mail to you. I'm Steve Schwetz, hoping that you'll meet me back here next time as we make our way through the Bible. Jesus Through the Bible exists to take God's whole word to the whole world. And we invite you to stand with us with your faithful prayer and financial support. Where will God's word go today?